What's going on? Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Before we dive into this episode, fair warning, there is a lot of cussing in this conversation. So if you've got kids in the car or you don't want to hear swearing right now, go to a different episode. But either way, it's a great conversation. I speak with a really good friend of mine. His name is Ben Bruno. He's a personal trainer based out of LA, a really amazing coach. And I met him over 10 years ago now when we both used to coach in Boston. And when I say Ben is a great coach, I don't say that lightly. He's really an amazing coach. I've learned a lot from him. But one of the best things about Ben is how simple he makes topics. Whether you're an advanced, advanced trainee or coach or you're brand new to the gym, in this episode, we dive into a lot of the simple, basic things you need to do in order to get better and in order to achieve your goals. We also talk a lot specifically towards personal trainers and things personal trainers can do to be a better coach and to relate more with your clients and to help them get better results. So with that said, I'm going to stop blabbering and let's get into the episode. Ben, what's going on, man? Yo, yo, thanks for having me on this thing, man. Man, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So before before we dive into the whole conversation, just do me a favor Introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are, tell them where they can follow you on social media, and just give them some background as to who you are and what you do. Cool. I am, my name is Ben Bruno. I am a personal trainer in Los Angeles. And you can find me, I post mostly nonsense on Instagram, and it's uh, Ben Bruno Training. And then I post only nonsense on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> and it's Ben Bruno one, and that's pretty much it. I have a TikTok that I haven't posted on, and a Facebook that I just keep in touch with my actual friends from high school and my mom's friends and stuff. So, uh, for all intents and purposes, Instagram and Twitter for twenty five percent education, seventy five percent nonsense. You post some good stuff on Instagram, though, like a lot of the workouts with your clients. Like there's some yeah. good stuff on there, even though there is nonsense. Like there's some really good stuff, though. Thanks. You know, it's it's funny. Instagram keeps changing to where uh, my most popular posts used to be when I worked out. Yeah. I shared my workouts. And then when I do that now, it's just fully crickets. And really? Out myself. Yeah, nobody cares. It's like... Um, <laughs> It's like that whole like Bueller, Bueller, like nobody <laughs> likes, nobody comments. And actually for me, I'm like, cool. Cause I hate filming my workouts. So I'm like, if nobody likes them, then like, fuck it. Like what's like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doing that less. I think, I think I'll, could be algorithm based, but you know, there's just, there are so many people filming their workouts nowadays. It's just like, that's, I see, especially when you're in the fitness industry, like every post is either someone talking about calorie deficit or someone talking or someone showing their workouts. It's like all I see constantly on my feed. Yeah. You know, the hard part for me is that, uh, I find the internet to be like awesome and annoying at the same time, because I'm somebody that like, I do social media. Well, you know, this, you know me for a while, but I do it kind of like just fully on the side of training people. And so like when I share workouts and stuff, it's just like the shit I do with real people. So But when you do that on the internet, it's like too boring for people to like scrolling. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'll share my stuff and I'm thinking, why is this crickets? Like, this is like what we really do. Like, this is how real people train. Like, I would think this would be interesting. And it feels like you just have to like, you know, I've always said like, there's that TV show, The Biggest Loser, but I've said they should now coin Instagram fitness like The Biggest Loser because like the, Mm. the stuff people posts it's like the more 
the dumber it is, like the more popular it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just super annoying as somebody that like really trains, but like I get it too, because like with my own workouts, I think to myself, I've probably lifted weights consistently for like uh probably like 15 years. I always think it's funny. I'm 36. I think it's funny when someone that's 36 is like, I have 30 years of coaching experience. You're like, dude, were you coaching in middle school? Like, I probably have le- legitimately been training people for 14 years, but I've been lifting for like, you know, longer than that. And that said, it's like I've done incline dumbbell bench every single week in for 15 years. <laughs> and I've done chin ups like twice a week for 15 years. And like, Bulgarian split squats and trap bar deadlifts. So like after a certain point, I don't really sh- feel the need to share my workouts. Cause I'm like, the internet doesn't need like more inclined dumbbell bench yeah. from a dude that puts up like eighties for eight. Like I'm not doing anything <laughs> that like, everyone can't, you know, like it doesn't really matter, but that's really what we do. Like, you know, I, I it's just kind of like, and that's probably how I'm going to train for as long as I train, like, you know, and, uh, and that's just what it kind of what it is. But um, with my workouts, I, I feel like I post them less and less because in my head, I'm like, yeah, I've already posted this like 17 million times. <laughs> but it's still what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Instagram, it, it becomes, I've seen like two common themes. It's either like you need to post yourself doing something, a, a ridiculous exercise that doesn't make any sense and you would never have anybody do it. Like yeah. one, like standing on a BOSU ball on the wobbly side on one foot while doing an overhead press with one arm and then a shake weight with the other arm, right? Like that's one. Or yeah. the other option is you have to be insanely, insanely strong or athletic and doing the most ridiculous stuff. Like I've noticed some of like the super strong lifters, like every time they post it, they're going for a new max. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like, what, yeah. why are you always lifting at your max weight? This is just, it's a terrible idea. And it's all because they're, they're going for the, the maximum likes, right? Like the maximum likes, maximum follows rather than just showing the truth of what needs to be done to progress. You know, it's funny you said that. Cause I might, now that you mention it, I might be one of those douchebags a little bit because <laughs> I think for me, it's, um, I, uh, I very rarely videotape my workouts. Cause like I live with my buddies. It's just like annoying to have them film it. And, uh, I would say 99% of the time I lift like seven out of 10 hard. Yeah. So, like, you know, like take like rear foot elevated split squats, for example, when I was like just out of college and was working at Mike Boyles, I used to post these really heavy videos. And then like, I kind of fucked myself cause I set the bar high where like people know I can do these heavy weights. Dude. I, that's when I, I remember I started following you then. What was that? Like 2010, 2011, I think like, and I remember seeing you do like weighted chin-ups like weighted chin-ups with a vest around you and you would go chest to bar with like, I think like 80 pounds or it was unreal. Like watching you, I was like, this guy's okay, insane. The only thing I'm good at in the gym is legs and chin-ups. So all I ever post is legs <laughs> and chin-ups. Cause it's like, I don't think like, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed cause I don't really care, but like, I don't think the internet needs to see someone bench like 225 for three, which is like basically all I got. Uh, you know, but I'm, but I can, you know, and it, it, I grew up ski racing and all I used to do for, when I first started training was legs. And then I had this pull-up bar in my closet. It went into my closet and I used to call it pay the toll to go in and out of the closet. Mm. I had to do a set of chin-ups. So I've done somewhere around like a fucking shitload of chin-ups over the course <laughs> of my life. So I'm, you know, I've gotten better at those and legs than anything else. So that's really all I ever post. 
And uh, yeah, with the videos, I kind of like fuck myself early on because it's like if you split squat like 300 pounds, my normal workout, like I'll do like the 60s or the 70s and like call it a day because they fucking suck. If you get so yeah. sore, it's like, you know, behind every video you see from that, I was probably like, didn't want to sit down for like four days. It's like, <laughs> you know, so I, I just do it every once in a while when I get like a wild hair up my ass to try it. And then it's like, then I have my buddy film. Cause I'm like, I know if I don't do that, if I don't film this, I'm going to punk out. Cause like this sucks. Like there's no yeah. point literally just to, like hold myself accountable. Bro, I remember, I think you posted a video somewhat recently of you doing walking reverse lunges up a hill. Mm-hmm. Was that was that what you were doing? That that looked yeah, so awful. I, I was like, this guy's out of his mind. Yeah, dude, I, ha- I have to get new hobbies. I really do. <laughs> like, because that's fun for me. If you said to me, like, what do you like doing for fun? I would be like, okay, first thing that comes to mind is leg day. Second <laughs> thing that comes to mind is tennis third day thing that comes to mind is hiking and fourth is leg day i just love doing hard leg stuff and it's the craziest thing because you'd think after 15 years i'd learn but every Mm. time in my head it basically goes down like this i'm like yeah man like i bet it would be fucking cool to lunge backwards up this hill with as much (laughs) weight as i can then i started doing it and i'm like that's fun then about like three hours after the workout i start to get that insane soreness Oh, and like yeah. my glutes and stuff where I go, oh man, tomorrow's going to fucking suck. And then I'll wake <laughs> up at like 5 a.m. because I'm so sore and I'll go, oh man, that was a bad idea. <laughs> doing it for 15 years. It's like one of these days I'm going to learn. And it's so crazy because now most of my buddies I lift with like barely even do legs. Like they, you know, they're just normal dudes. Like they prefer to do upper body and stuff. So for me, I'm like, you guys dare me to lunge up the hill? Like, <laughs> they're like, no. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> like, fine. <laughs> all I'm right, like, you twisted the knife. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, that's the story of my life. And, and I always, I think I always like hope people realize like I definitely don't train most of my clients how I train. That's like one right. of those yeah. things, you know. Cause I've had most of the, most of my clients, I've been in LA eight years. Like I've had most of my clients six and a half years or more. And Mm. it's like, you know, this as a trainer, but like most trainers don't, but most trainers try to train their clients, how they train. And I I fully know, like, you know, it's the same old thing. You and I, and and any trainer is going to promote strength training, but I think there's like a, a limit on like how much is safe and like, definitely me. And I think a lot of trainers like take it to the extreme. So like, absolutely kind of misleading in the sense of like, I think that it's always, you know, that whole devil is in the dose thing. But like, I think strength training is really good for like, long term, like health and happiness, but like split squatting 300 pounds definitely isn't, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like <laughs> there's somewhere in there, like, I can tell you that like, every like, three or four days after I do that workout is not like health and happiness. I'm like, fuck man that was a bad idea you know so i think there's like you know that moderation in all things so i definitely train my clients much smarter than i train myself yeah well you also have you know your body you you've trained it for so many years that you know what you can tolerate and and it's fun to you whereas like a lot of our clients like it's not fun for them as much yeah for me like weightlifting is like one of my hobbies so like most people are just looking to like look feel perform better in some order everybody's order is a little different for me it's like i just do it for shits and giggles like there's no world 
I'm I'm like Captain Obvious, and and you know I I say like you know my certification is in like common sense, but like there's no world where when you know I I like to talk about functional training, but like there's no world that somebody like me that just stands around training people and plays tennis needs to split squat 300 pounds. I just like it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, but I'm not gonna like tell you that you need to do that. Uh, you know, I just can't wait till I find like a hobby that's easier. <laughs> you know, it's, there's something I wanted to talk. One of the things that I knew we wanted to chat about and we, we were going to is just about how simple strength training actually is. And I believe like one of your tweets a while ago, that's probably been ripped off thousands of times by now and, and reposted by a lot of people with they they post their own handle on it and take your handle off of it. It was this something to the effect of effective strength training is doing the same, like 10 to 20 exercises over and over and over again until you die. Right. Was that, yeah. was that the tweet? Yeah. 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 I, I don't remember the number, but yeah, something like that. It's, it's what, and basically what I'm, what I mean by that is, I mean that, I guess. <laughs> I, <laughs> I <explained it. laughs> but like yeah. when, when, so there's something that you said, because I get a lot of questions about, and I know I'm sure you do too. People always ask me, um, how often should you rotate workout programs? And I think a lot of times people confuse workout programs with exercises. And, and so yeah, I yeah. generally say, try and alter between somewhere between four to 12 weeks within that range, every four yeah. to 12 weeks, change your program. But can you talk about how you can change your program, but still do the same or very similar exercises and still make progress? Yeah. So, well, so to backtrack, part of the reason for that tweet is when you're a trainer, you always get inundated with like a client sending you like nonsense off Instagram or like I read about this seven minute workout in the New York Times or like yeah. <laughs> that. And, you know, as somebody, I try to, you know, I, I think that there's so many ways to do it, but it's like you and I both write articles and stuff. I can't tell you how many times someone sends me an article and I'm like, couldn't you just like flip to the next page to my article? It's like they never, <laughs> they never want to listen to me. You know, it's like I always like want to go to someone else. And I'm like, dude, like and and then the, the, the so the exercises, it's really hard when you're somebody I'm I'm a trainer that that trains people and then. I'm, you know, I'm sort of like a trainer first, like a writer, social media or second in the sense yep. that like, I just train people and then just show what we're doing. Whereas a lot of people, I think the, their info is just predicated on their own training and they, they share it before they try it. So basically mm. you'll see them do it and whoever tries it first is the second person to ever do it. It's like, you know, it's, it hasn't been like tested and so a lot of the stuff is pretty silly because I really feel when you look at exercises as somebody who's a trainer, I'm sure you do this all the time. You can tell like if somebody would ever do this in a real gym. And there's so many times when I see people share stuff where I'm like, nobody's going to do that. It's something that like requires a massive setup or you have to be like super, super fit or like whatever. And I'm like, no real person's ever going to do this. And you just know that that person before the video was just sitting in on the way to the gym. Like, what can I come up with new for a post? Not like yes. what is like a good way to share people. It's what can I do for a post? And I get it because I've done nonsense for posts. Like I, you know, I've done stuff that's just, just to be funny, or I've done a pistol squat with a beer on my head and didn't <laughs> spill it. Like that's fun. I'm not telling anyone to do that, but some of these exercises that people will go, you know, try this. You're like, 
nobody's doing that, dude. And but yeah. but they'll probably like and then never go do it, you know. And uh, so that can be misleading, I think. So the the bitch about training is like it's really pretty boring. The good the good type of training. It's just the simple stuff done over and over again. And you know the progress comes from progressing on those those things not like rotating you know so like when i hear like a program that goes like we never repeat the same workout twice i'm like that's cool but that's like not gonna you're not really gonna make like progress now what's misleading about that is people that are like already fit can do that type of stuff and stay fit provided mm -hmm. they're eating well and everything so to somebody that doesn't know they just think okay this works you know but right. anybody that's ever like seen a somebody really change their body uh it's misleading because you just know that's not going to give you progress. So like in LA, for example, a lot of the women I train, LA is like the home of dumb fitness trends. It's like everything that everyone makes fun of on the internet all starts in LA. And the problem is they'll get like a really fit, famous woman to back it. And somebody like me goes, dude, she was already fit to begin with. And some of these people, some of like the really famous women are like basically like the equivalent of like the LeBron James of women. They're just like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they do whatever. And I've trained women, you know, it, like pro athletes and like high end models make you look really good as a trainer because people think it was your workouts. But like some of these models, we could just sit and talk for the workout and they'd look right. how they look, you know, it's just they, in their, their diet's good and stuff. They looked like that before I met them. Like, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and say like, their body is a result of me. I'm going to say for people like that, I'm going to say what, what makes me feel good as a trainer is I've retained them as a client for a long time, created that mm. rapport to where they want to make fitness a part of their lifestyle. But a lot of my clients that looked great when they came, looked the exact same with me. And, yeah. you know, it's just, um, and they make you look good. Like pro athletes make any trainer look good, but like they could go to spin class and they're still going to be really good at their sport. You know, it's like, they're the, they're right. the elite. Exactly. Of the elite. But if these people say that the workout like you know this x workout is good people believe them and and the truth of the matter is like fit people could really do any sort of fitness they could just walk they could and knock out some push-ups and they're going to look like that but like anybody that's really had a transformation in either their strength their looks whatever has probably done some sort of progressive resistance over time and, and that's just like Trust me, I trust me. I think it sucks because I get bored with my own work. It's like I sometimes with the other stuff, the other stuff, I would just switch it up, switch it up. I really think like you have to decide, do you care more about being entertained or more about making progress? And and like there's, you know, and uh, there's a little wiggle room. And that's kind of where like I think as a good trainer, you find that wiggle room. So like to go back to your question, like uh, I actually like the idea of four to 12 weeks because I, I think the, the four, the 12 depends on your personality, meaning like, yeah. yeah, you know, people that like don't get bored, I think are the best kind of clients, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm somebody that like, when you talk about four to 12 weeks, I've been doing my program for like 12 years. It's just like the same shit, you know? Uh, and, but, but people that get bored more easily, I think that's a very real thing. So we switch it up a little bit more, but not too much. And, um, so I think there's like, a sweet spot of, you know, making progress and staying entertained. And so what I kind of do is like, when I say, uh, I think the number when I tweeted was like 15 to 20 exercises. And the reason for that is like, I could probably say like 10, but like, if you think about it, like under the realm of like pulling exercises, there's like 
vertical and horizontal. Under the realm of pressing, there's vertical and horizontal, things like that. So like under the realm of 15 to 20, that would be, for me, every trainer has their different exercises. But for me, that would be stuff like uh, chin-ups if you can do them, lap pull-downs if you can't, uh, rowing every which way. I kind of like – as. Uh, the longer I train, I'll see like debates about exercises and I just like care less and less. But like yeah. to me, like every, basically every row is interchangeable. Uh, basically every kind of curl is interchangeable. Um, every, like, you know, every kind of dumbbell press is interchangeable. There's like a flatter incline, which to me is like basically the same. And then there's uh overhead press, which I love, but if you don't have the, the mobility to do it will either do like a high incline or a landmine press. Yep. And then, uh, we do some sort of like knee dominant exercise for like, you know, I, I always say like, you know, I, I speak client, I don't speak trainer. So when mm. I think sometimes think I'm stupid, but I don't think I'm stupid. I think I just like know how to talk to people that don't care about the lingo. Yes. Yeah. I always say like knee dominant means the front of your legs, hip dominant means the back of your legs. And there's like some exceptions, but like that, that covers like probably 85 to 90% of the Correct. exercise. Yep. Uh, and, you know, so for knee dominant, uh, that could be um, some sort of squat, whether it's a goblet squat, front squat, uh, you know, uh, I don't back squat, but most people do. Uh, a lunge, yeah. A lunge, a split squat, a rear foot elevated split squat. Uh, to me, like, reverse lunge and walking lunge are 90% the same, but yep. like we, you know, uh, that type of thing. And, um, so, but the way that we, we kind of milk the 15 to 20 into like maybe 150 different exercises is we lunge, we'll do a reverse lunge, holding it in the goblet position. We'll do a reverse lunge with two dumbbells. We'll do a reverse lunge with one dumbbell on the contralateral side. We'll do it with the landmine and, to clients, that's different. To me, it's basically the same. Yeah, you uh, could do a pause. You could do constant tension. You could do one and a half reps. You could like. There's so many ways to do, yeah, do yeah. the exact same thing for more variation. Yeah, basically, all the same. But like, what's not the same is like these nonsense combo exercises that you see people do. Like, that's right. not the same. You know, uh, like a reverse <laughs> lunge to an overhead press type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so uh, we basically, you know, I the way that I try to create uh, a sense of making it different when it's not really different is like just changing it in very small ways that to me, like don't matter, yeah. uh, you know, and um, as far as a training standpoint, but I think matter as far as like, it makes you feel like it's something different standpoint. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. And then that's it. You know, I, I've always said, you know, my built-in job security as a trainer comes from like, you just have to always do it. It's like the debt, you know, like in the sense, like if you think about it, you've probably lived it yourself and then everyone does. It's like you work your ass off to get in shape or like lose the weight or build the strength. And then like, if you don't keep it up, you're just like, fuck man. Like, you know, if you build up to where you can like press the hundred pound dumbbells, it's so insane. You like leave for a while and then like you go to warm up and you're thinking in, my, in your head or this is me anyway, like, you know, I can normally like on a good day when I'm like, pretty strong right now for my body size i can press the 100 pound dumbbells for like eight reps give or take mm -hmm. depending on the day and then i'll take a break 
And in my mind, I'm like going to work up. I'm going to hit the 70s for 10 and this for 10 and go up to 100. Sometimes I'll hit the 70s and I got like eight and I'm like, yo, man, I got to be more consistent. Like, (laughs) you know, because I fall off the wagon all all the time. That's the other thing. I'm not one of those trainers that's like no days off. Like I would prefer days off. So uh, do you struggle with motivation at all? Oh, totally. Especially the longer I'm a trainer, dude. And the busier I get, it's um, I have friends that I I have like five or six buddies that I invite to come, and if they can't come, I skip. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it sounds bad. I can count on zero fingers the amount of workouts I've done on my own in like five years. I really do rely on other people to hold me accountable because the other thing that happened, I put a gym in my garage like five and a half years ago. Yeah, and in theory. That would make you work out a lot more because you don't have to commute. But for me, for like probably the last 10 years, to be honest, I have to force myself to work out. But like if when I used to drive to the gym, I would at least like drive to the gym. Then I'm there. When it's in the garage, I'll go in there by myself aimlessly. It's like crazy because I'm a trainer. I spend my whole day like texting clients workouts that are on the road. I look like a lost puppy dog in the gym. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do today? And then when I'm on my own, anything hard, forget about it. I ain't doing it. Like the airdyne, not happening. Split squats, I'm good, dog. Like I'm not doing it. I'll do one set. And the hard part for me is like, if you think about it, like it's like 10 steps to the garage, but it's like 10 steps back to the couch. So I'll be in the garage and go, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, can I walk back into the garage? Because it really is hard when you're in the gym all the time to really want to be motivated. And I know that's bad as a trainer. It's like you should, like, you know, work out all the time and stuff. And I definitely – I'm active all the time. But I, uh, I'm i on – I always like when you talk about steps online because I'm on this kick. Like, I, uh, I've been averaging uh, – last year I averaged 10,500. But I don't live in a walking, like, city or anything. When I lived yeah. in New York City, it was easy to get that. So that means – 10,500 steps is like either one giant walk or like two pretty big walks a day. Yeah. And, uh, I hike, I play tennis now, but I, I, I get sick of my own stuff and I have to kind of use on myself the tricks I use with clients to like make the same exercises feel different kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm with you, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I think a lot of people expect to hear that a coach is just motivated all the time. Like people ask me like, oh, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, I'm not like very rarely ever. I I really think the most motivated people in the gym, and this is a a sweeping generalization, but I think most people who are the people who are the most motivated are early on in their training career. And they're just, they love it. Like they're, they're, they're a little bit past the newbie gains, but they still have a lot more to get. And then after a certain point when strength, someone asked me today, like, can you gain a significant amount of strength in six weeks? And I was like, well, if you're brand new to the gym, yeah, you absolutely can. And I was like, if you're intermediate, yeah, you could still probably gain a significant amount. If you're like more of an advanced lifter, no, not at all. Six weeks, like you are not going to get stronger at all. Like no matter what. Like, do you find it's so, it sucks so bad. Also, like I lost a little weight, like the last, like year and a half, I made it a goal to kind of change my body and just get thinner and, uh, and lose a little weight. And so when you do that and you've achieved like pretty high levels of strength for your size, it's your, your lifts all go down. It's like a mind fuck. Last year and a half, it's so crazy because in my head, my, my overarching goal 
you know, a lot of my clients have conflicting goals and then it pisses me off, but then I have conflicting goals too. So then I'm like, I have to be like, oh yeah, like don't judge them. Like that's very normal. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, like I'll make fun of a guy that like one day wants to get bigger than one day wants to lose weight. But like, that's, <laughs> so, like that, that's fully what happens. Like I'll be like, I'll like see myself and be like, you know what? I'd like to like be a little thinner. So then I'll make that my goal, but then I'll go into bench and I can't bench the hundreds anymore. And I'm like, motherfucker and that night i'll just go like ham on dinner and be like i need to get my weight back up and then like the next morning hits and i'm like wait but i don't give a fuck how much i bench and then i go back and it's like so i like yeah that's, that's just what i do it's like you know and that's um and i and i like so then i understand a little bit more why other people are like that too yeah you know it's uh for everyone listening if you don't follow make sure you go follow ben on instagram can you tell them where they can follow you again on instagram Ben Bruno training. Ben Bruno training? Yeah, Ben Bruno training. Got it. Ben Bruno. So you'll see uh, on his Instagram, he trains a lot of a lot of models, a lot of a lot of athletes. Like you posted something that I wanted to talk about. This was a while ago you posted it. Yeah. And and I if I rem I don't know if you got if you got shit for it or not, but I found it very interesting because I Rob, found the same for everything. <laughs> everything, right? You can't you could can say like, hey, I hope you have a wonderful day, and people are gonna mm -hmm. get pissed at it for it. Um yeah. But so I know you spoke a lot about because you coach a lot of uh, models as well, high level athletes, models, you, you, Chelsea Handler, you, a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing you said about coaching the models was something I found really interesting that I found as well, because right now in the world of fitness, uh, a lot of women are focused. So they want to get bigger. They want to grow more. And and we they even have this phrase like strong is the new skinny, which like yeah. that is like a. It, Ironically, that's equally as uh, as sort of isolating as the as like the other mentality that came before it. But either way, you were talking about how you know a lot of your your clients, especially women, they don't want to get bigger. And number one, that's totally fine. But you also you, they still strength train, right? Yeah. So so can you talk about that? How these women can get like because they're strong. Like you have these models who like they don't look huge at all, and it, for their job, they're probably not allowed to get to a certain or they don't want to get to a certain size, but they're still really strong. So like, can you talk about that? Yeah. So so first, uh, to just uh, address the whole, I really think as a personal trainer, the best thing I've ever like realized and imparted on other trainers is just to remember that the personal part is them, not you. Yeah. And so. Uh, what I mean by that, when I first moved to LA, it was interesting because I used to train mostly like hockey and football players in Massachusetts. And yeah. so small by hockey and football standards is still pretty big by normal standards and stuff. So I would meet guys that would say like, I don't want to get too big. And in my head, I'm like, God, this guy sounds like soft, you know? <laughs> and then I'm like, this guy's crushing his life. Like he's crushing his life and, and shitting on me in every single way. So like, there's no world that I can judge this, these, you know, and so really like, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You can look however the fuck you want to look. And that's yep. the thing, you know, uh, if your goal body's like the rocker Mick Jagger, you're not wrong either way, but like, then the training parameter should change. Like again, captain obvious. Yeah. So same with girls, like some, some women, uh, like to have a little more muscle than others or like a little more definition than others nobody's wrong and like, you can do whatever you want. So like I, I'm somebody, again, I just uh, have a very captain obvious approach to programming. So I hear what people want to do and then we just do that. And, uh, and that's really sort of what it is. But when I talk about uh, how um, 
strength training is not going to bulk you up. Uh, you have to remember, I'm, my it's so hard to share a message because you're just never going to please everyone. You just Correct. can't. So like, you know, uh, and you even know, if you I, even if you wrote it perfectly, people aren't going to read it properly. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I, I um, somebody showed me how to look in my insights the other day on Instagram, and I gained like a hundred followers in a year because for every thousand I gain, I lose a thousand, and I just have this way. I don't know what it is about my delivery, but like I just piss people off. All the time. <laughs> and uh, and I don't mean to. I really don't mean to. But uh, but I also don't think there's any benefit to like not sharing your opinions. And the problem with, an, with your opinions, like. I was realizing, like, if you think, like, the drama around, like, e every single election ever is, like, 51-49. And that's also, like, every decision ever. So, like, when I, I realized that and I go, no matter what, if you take a stand, at best, you're pissing off, like, 49% of the people. But it might be 51. Like, it's, like, so it just seems like everything you do, you're going to piss people off. But I try my best to universalize my message to the type of people that I'm speaking to. So like, for example, I'll speak about like, uh, CrossFit and the CrossFit competitors get like pissed, but I'm like, bro, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like most the people that follow me are like just normal people that are just trying to be fit. And so for them, I don't think CrossFit's like the best way to do it. But if you're like, if you're a savage, fine. I'd have, I'm actually probably pretty good at CrossFit. Like I'm yeah. fit. I have good mobility. Like, I'm not talking about like people like me or the CrossFit competitors. Like those dudes, I really actually do think the CrossFit competitors, when they say they're like the fittest men on the planet, like if they're not, they're pretty fucking close. Yeah, like agreed. those guys, are, those guys are beasts. But like, you know, I have an uncle that tore his rotator cuff doing snatches when he was like 60, and I'm going, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not, that's stupid. Not, you know, uh, so uh, when it comes to women, most of the women that I see. Their goal body is uh, toned. Trainers hate that word, but I use it all the time. Yeah. Because uh, we all know what it means. And uh, toned and, and thin and toned. And so for that, uh, I, I absolutely think you can get strong, but we do it in pretty low volume. Like we're, mm -hmm. I'm like a two to three work set type of person. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if we're going heavy, just one work set. And uh, we're, we're not going ham every day. You know, we modulate the intensity. So there's hard days, there's there's lighter days, there's heavier days. So it's not like we're power, we're not in there powerlifting. We're not in there just like, you know, uh, but we're getting pretty strong in an eight to ten rep range. We're doing we're doing eight to ten reps with a weight that they could probably get nine to eleven reps, meaning like we usually leave one rep in the tank. Cause I think for long-term fitness success, the whole macho like train to failure, like everything is a little short-sighted because like everybody that's like gung-ho about lifting is either hurt or has been hurt or is getting hurt, you know, that's that takes exactly right. And so, and I'm, I'm an example of that, you know, like I can tell you I'm an injury prone dude and I'm a meathead and I'm an idiot. So like, that's a bad combination. Like I'm always like tweaking shit. Like my elbows sore. Cause like, again, captain obvious, I did a fuck ton of pull-ups. So my elbows sore, but I'm smart enough to know, like, yeah, don't do that with someone that just wants to live a better life. Like, right. cause then their elbow will be sore. And like, that wasn't even their goal They They don't care how many pull-ups they do. So, uh, you know, I definitely, everything we do is a little bit below threshold. Uh, 
And so when I say, you know, you can get strong without getting big, we're not trying to approach like absolute maximal strength. It's like a little below and we modulate the intensity and, you know, I'm not training meatheads. So it's like, you think of like, we're not trying, it's not like people have vacations, people have this and that. So like, I'd say like, you know, uh, if, if normal, ideally speaking, if you train 52 weeks a year, three times a week, that's uh, 156 workouts. Mm-hmm. I bet most people really do around like 110, yep. which is cool. You know, that's cool. And so, and of those 110 or let's for purposes of keeping it up, simple numbers say they do 100 workouts a year maybe 20 will be really hard 20 are just like pack it in and stretch and do a little something and call it call it good because like maybe you were up late or hung over or something and then most of the workouts are just that seven out of ten hard and that's kind of where we live in that seven out of ten hard range and uh just kind of do that until you get sick of it or you know or or whatever and that's it until you eventually you die and you're no longer working out anymore yeah Yeah. i think if you do that long enough like you'll probably prolong dying like yeah you know yeah no it's so true man it it really it's you were saying earlier you you don't what you said what was the phrase that you speak you don't speak coach you you speak client i think that was it but I think what people take for granted one of my favorite quotes is to the effect of like you can always tell who an expert is based on a true expert can always make the most complex topic so easy a six-year-old can understand it. Yeah. Like I live by that. You are like the pinnacle of that. Like you are the pinnacle of making things so simple that anybody can understand it. I think a lot of coaches, they massively overcomplicate it. They they so dramatically overcomplicate the process. I think partly because they're excited to learn and they want to learn the intricacies, but also because I think sometimes they, especially when it comes to posting, because a lot of this just comes back to posting and, and how people perceive you or how you think people yeah. perceive you or how you want to be perceived, which is really forgetting the behavioral psychology of this. I think so many coaches try to overcomplicate it because they think it's going to make them sound smarter than what you do, which is just like say the most easy to understand way so that everyone can get it. Well, I think the internet is like a real like circle jerk with trainers. Like they yeah. all like the they they post to impress trainers and correct i've always taken the approach with social media of like talk to the people like i make my living training so like maybe if i were a writer i'd have to like be part of the circle jerk but like thankfully (laughs) i make my living just training people so like when you train people like real people and they go what muscle does the reverse lunge work you say but it's just like there's you know if you're training a girl if i'm training a girl or woman and say reverse lunges for your butt if i'm training a guy who wants to build up his quads i'll say the reverse lunges for your quads uh you know <laughs> and, uh, you know it's like and there's only one answer like i i just you know uh you know it's just um you know uh so like for example like i i was doing a hollow body uh tricep extension the other day and someone said what does this work and i said your abs and then she was like, I thought you said it works your triceps. Cause I probably did the workout before. I probably said it works your triceps. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that too. Like, cause it does. <laughs> but like, I was just, you know, I was basically telling them what they want to hear. Like a big part of what I do is like, listen to what they want to do and then kind of do what I was going to do anyway. And just frame it in a way that resonates with them. Yeah. And, and that's truly what it is. So it's like, um, did yeah. you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. 
So I, I don't, I've never told anyone this story. This is so funny that what you just said made me think of this. So when I was coaching Gary Vaynerchuk, um, <laughs> when I first started coaching him, he told me, and I'll never forget this on the first day that I was coaching him, he said, I don't want to work on my triceps because like they're already great as is. Like he yeah, was like, yeah. he's like, I want to work on anything else, but my triceps are already good. And, um, and I was like, okay. And so for a lot of exercises we would do, he'd ask, does this work your triceps? And if I said, yes, it does, even just by like a secondary muscle, he'd be like, no, I don't want to do this because he didn't want to work his triceps. He only wanted to work other muscles. So it got to a point where like we would do push-ups, and he'd be like, does this work triceps? I'd be like, no, absolutely not. Just like, cause I need you to do those yeah, push-ups, man. Of course. Well, that's <laughs> just like, no, do what I say. <laughs> yeah. I trained this one girl that like was obsessed with like glutes. So it would be like, we'd be doing like tricep pushdowns. I'm like, this one's for glutes. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> for glutes. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's just, you know, but that's, um, that's really what it is. It's like, I could truly, like if a dude was trying to build up his quads and a woman wanted to tone her glutes, I could have a husband and wife train together. And the dude would be like, what does the lunge work? And I'd be like, your quads. The wife yeah. would be like, what does the lunge work? I'd be like, your glutes. <laughs> and I don't feel bad about it because yeah. we both know like we're going to get them where they want to be. And, uh, and that's what it is. You know, um, I'm always like peeved when people hate on the word toning so much. Cause I'm like, try training women, bro. Like you get, you have to say tone. Like if yeah. you tell, like, cause, cause trainers will say, well, tone is just muscle. I'm like, yeah, try telling women they'll go do Pilates. They'll leave. Yep. And that's just what's going to happen. So you bet your ass we're getting toned. Yeah. Uh, I use tone. I, I train some dudes that really aren't about like the muscle head life and they say toned. I say it to them yeah. and, uh, we're doing all the same shit, but like you have to learn how to speak to your clients. I mean, we, we know what they mean when they say tone, like when they, we know exactly what they mean. And in any other instance in life, if someone, if, if you say something and the person you're talking to knows exactly what you're saying, but they're like, well, just so you know, that's actually not how you say it. It's like, yeah. you get fucking pissed. You're like, shut up. Like, you know what I meant. So yeah. then all these, well, actually you can't get tone. You can't tone a muscle, Lucy. That's not how it works. Like, shut the fuck up, Kevin. Just, you know what she wants to do. So do it. I know. Well, it's so funny because I'll write tones sometimes online and these trainers will get butt hurt. And I'm like, bro, I'm getting like women that never lifted to like split squat and deadlift heavy. Like I ain't the butt guy to be mad at. Like you like, <laughs> really just keep it moving. Just hit like and keep it moving, man. Like I'm not the guy to be mad at. I don't care if we call it toning or anything. Like I'm not the guy to be mad at on that front. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Um, you've been getting into tennis, huh? Are, have you been playing tennis for a while or, or is this a new thing? Uh, new, you know, I, I just, uh, I got so bored in, in, uh, COVID, like just looking for different stuff to do. And it's like something outside that you can do. And, um, also too, like, I really do, I hate cardio more than almost anyone. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> when it comes to regular, like gerbil cardio in the gym, I just hate it so much, but like you obviously have to do it. Mm -hmm. So tennis for me. I did drills for like six months and like consciously tried to get really good and, and, uh, really good. I'm like, not that good, but like in my mind I am. And I do twice a week, but now I just, now, now the guy's just a paid friend. I just do it to rally and I don't like doing drills. I just do it because by the end of the time I look like I jumped in the pool with my clothes on, but I didn't feel like I was working out. And, yeah. uh, and so for me, that's all it is. Like, uh, you do jujitsu, like 
I do, I do tennis and I do golf and I hike and stuff. And, uh, um, a hike's nothing different than a walk, but it just feels less boring to me. And, yeah. uh, yeah, out in nature, it's like the terrain yeah. is changing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll do, uh, yeah, I do all that kind of stuff, but I, like, for me, like for my like long, I've definitely mellowed out. Like I'm way less of a meathead than I used to be. And I think that's just like the progression of life. Yeah. You know, I was joking with one of my buddies and I was like talking to him, like, cause there's like a progression as a coach. There's a progression as a lifter. And I guess I'll explain what I mean, but like as a lifter, it's like, I feel like most dudes start out trying to get big and strong, usually to look good for girls. Then they yep. start getting bigger, stronger. Then they just start getting hurt. And you realize that the only compliments come from other dudes and <laughs> yeah. you kind of mellow out. And then in your mind, you're getting weak as you like lose the weight and stuff. And then you start getting compliments from girls and then you fall, <laughs> then you fall in to this thing. It's so funny. Like I remember like seven years ago, tore the labrum in my shoulder and I just didn't want to get it fixed. So I didn't do upper body for like seven months. And I was, and I lost like 15 pounds and I was like in my head, like, God, I'm so weak. Like I'm listening. <laughs> I started getting all these compliments and I'm like, why the fuck have I been like eating when I'm not hungry? Like <laughs> fucking benching when my shoulders are sore. Like, and then I don't do shit and I get all these compliments. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing this for? You know, it's yeah. like, and then with training, it's like similar when you were talking, I fully agree with you when you say that the best or like the most like enthusiastic people are like when they've been just coaching a little bit and they're not like so busy yet. So they follow like this crazy workout program. Yeah. And then I, cause I remember being that, like, I remember when I was at Boyle's, uh, Mike Boyle strength and conditioning for people listening, uh, great place to work. And uh, I didn't start with groups till like 2.30 p.m. because it was like kids after school. So in the morning, I just had all this time to lift and I just lift all the time. And you could see like the busier coaches being like, just wait, dog, like you're going to come, <laughs> this day will come. And then it, it happens where you're busy and you're like, I'm just going to do 30, 40 minutes of something just to move so I don't get fat. But like, I don't really yep. care that much anymore about, I'm not going to like live or die by my PRs, you know? And, yep. that, and then- you, you learn too, when you're like that young, enthusiastic gung-ho trainer, oh, none of my clients are. So like all this like stuff that I like live and breathe, like nobody cares. And they just want like a moderately hard workout. That's not going to leave them cripplingly sore. Yeah. And you know, it's like, uh, like I tweeted like a year ago or something. It just pissed off a bunch of powerlifters. But I said, you know, a lot of young trainers, live and die by like powerlifting. It's like people yep. that love that lifting. And I said, that there's a me. Per- That's what I used to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and me, you know, I was like a, a meathead in different ways, but like, uh, I always said, there's a word for trainers like that. And it's called unemployed because nobody <laughs> likes doing that. <laughs> nobody else likes doing that besides, but nobody that likes doing that has a trainer. Correct. Just, like nobody that like, wants to crush like a powerlifting routine as a trainer. So like if you're trying to train people like that, you're just like, you know, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when I, I had been powerlifting for a long time and there's a reason why I, I stopped powerlifting cause I just, I was aching and I was in pain and I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but I vividly remember when I realized if I told someone who didn't really lift, that I could deadlift 200 pounds or 500 pounds, 
the response was the exact same. Like they, they don't know the difference between 200 and 500, not in the numbers, but oh. they can't comprehend what that means or right? whether which one is strong. Like if I said I deadlift like 300 pounds, they would be in their mind. It's like, you could, that's like a thousand pounds. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, why in the hell am I trying to deadlift so much weight anymore? Like I, I don't need to for my, like for my body, for my performance, this is I'm going to be more achy and pants. Like screw it. If I can deadlift 405 or whatever, I'm good. Like I don't need to be deadlifting for like as much as I possibly can all the time. People standards. If you can do a set of pull-ups of like eight or 10 pull-ups, you're basically like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. you do like a set of eight to 10 and j jump off the bar and not be like gassed. People are like, yo, you're strong, strong. Like, these are, <laughs> like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. I remember, uh, I think the first time I ever met you, I was at Cressy's, at Eric Cressy's, when I was yeah. doing my internship there. I think that was the first time I met you. And I was deep in my powerlifting career. I was like, like that was when I was like obsessed with it. And all I did was powerlifting. It's all I thought was powerlifting. I had just trained at Westside for like four months. And then I had my internship with Eric. And I'll never forget this. I was, I was 21. I was 21 years old. And Eric used to be a, a super high level power lifter yeah. as well. And he still is like by those standards, an unbelievable lifter. But I remember asking him, I was like, Hey man, are you, are you ever going to compete again? And, and he's, and he just sort of gave me this like wise man, older, wiser man smile and, and said, no, man, it's not really important to me anymore. Yeah. And in my 21 year old cocky brain, I thought, what a wuss. Yeah. That was like, that was yeah. like my powerlifting brain. What a wuss. Not, not going to compete anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Now I'm like, screw, I'm never doing that again. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was lucky. I was never like a meathead in that way. Cause I got into training after a lower back surgery. I had lower back surgery mm. when I was 19. So I was never like fully like healthy when I lifted. So I remember when I learned like not to get caught up in like the internet rat race was I wrote an article where I was talking about how if back squats hurt your back, you could do split squats instead. And I was mm. split squatting 300 pounds, like with my back foot on the bench, rear foot elevated split squat. That's hard. Like yeah, I don't like insane. the hardest, you know, I don't care if you back squat 600 pounds, that's hard. Yeah. And all these power lifters were calling me a pussy and <laughs> because I didn't back squat and I was going, yo, you ever split squatted 300 pounds? Like there's no world where that's easy. There's just no world. Yeah. It's different. And that's when I learned, like, it's just no, there's no sense debating somebody that is that closed minded because, you know, like, and then it's like, um, now I'm, uh, I'm friends on Instagram with like, Phil Heath, he's, and you realize people like that, like, you know, he's probably four times my size, but like, he'll see my workouts or like my basketball player workouts. And he's like, Hey man, great effort. Good work. Yeah. And you realize like guys like that, like, no, that like, we ain't training for the same thing. So like, <laughs> we're not even really doing the same activity, but that, but it's like the, the bro type bodybuilders that call you a wimp. And you're like, dude, we're, we're not even, we're not even do, doing the same thing. Like, if you can't all. Yeah. That, I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, and I, like I fully know, like if you look at me with clothes on, I barely look like I lift, but like that's, I'm fine with it. Like that's what I want to look like. Like, no, you look like you lift. You look good, bro. Like you're, hey. you're lean. You've got, you got real muscle. You look like you lift for sure. Those Thanks. pool pictures, man. I'm like, oh shit, Ben's looking good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Uh, man, I remember. Is this thing on video, by the way, or is it mostly just audio for the podcast? So for the podcast, the podcast is just audio. Uh, oh, when people okay. listen to it. It's just going to be audio. 
I should have known. I've been flexing the whole time. <laughs> Your arms are gassed out. <laughs> I'll put my shirt back on. <laughs> I've been debating putting it on YouTube, but I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll just keep it on audio for now. Um, do you do you still write articles anymore or no? Uh, no. I want to do what uh, I'm like a Neanderthal with technology, but I want to do like a workout program or something. But I don't really write articles because uh, I think in strength training, so many of the online debates come from just like different contexts and people don't like do that. So it's like, you know, if you train basketball players, it necessitates different stuff than if you're training to just be as big as possible. Yeah. And I'm sick and tired of like, you know, writing and you know writing about what i think is good for a basketball player and have someone try that's just wants to be big saying that i'm stupid or write an article about what i would do you know because i I train all kind of different people you know i train athletes i train dudes trying to get jacked for a movie i train dudes trying to get thin uh i train women with all kind of different goals and so everyone trains differently there's a lot of similarities and the similarities are like you know no matter what the goals, it's always some combination of those 15 to 20 exercises I talked right. about. But you do it in different volumes, different frequencies, uh, depending on your goals, different weight. Like, you know, I'm not that aggressive in loading with people that are just training for long-term health and fitness. Right. Uh, but if your goal is to get as big as you can for a movie in a short amount of time, you kind of got to throw caution to the wind a little. Um, Interesting. You know, yeah. The reality of training pro athletes is like you get them for two to three months, depending on like how far their team went in the postseason. So it's like you might train a little bit like that type of training isn't something that you could keep up year round. But like it's just, you know, it has an end date on it. Um, But the exercises are all the same. So like basketball guys and dudes looking to get jacked do the same exercises as women looking to get toned just in different frequencies. The weight's different and stuff like that. But like the same exercises that work to like jump higher are the same ones that tone your legs. It's like, so, you know, uh, it's not like I have toning exercises and muscle building exercises, but it's how hard you push it. It's the intensities and it's like your diet. Bro. If, if forever, whoever listens to this whole podcast, what you just said is like, that's like the gold nugget that people really fucking need to hear. I, I might even clip this. You should post this on your Instagram, this little clip. We could like screen record this part. Like that is something that people need to hear that they're like, whether you want to jump higher, whether you want to get your legs bigger or more toned or whatever it is, it's all the same exercises. It's just, you change the volume or frequency or intensity and like, but yeah. it's the exercises are the exercises. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and, and then, but that, that's the thing though. One thing I want to put to that is like, if I were to just, the reason why I haven't like said these are the 15 to 20 you got to do is because if, if I don't know how, how many people listen to this. A lot. Yeah. So <laughs> not like, uh, the exercises I do aren't the exercises you might do. It's, you know, uh, aren't the exercises like my best friend and my training partner is six, six and I'm like five, nine. So it's like, uh, when we squat, we don't look the same. Like he's right. a bad squatter because he's six six. So is almost everyone that's six. He's got a long way down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he leans way more forward than I do. So like, I'm actually a good squatter. Like I, you know, I have no problem squatting heavy. When he squats heavy, it hurts his back. So like, you got to find what uh, jives with your body. So like, you know, uh, every client I have, I try to do some either a reverse lunge, a walking lunge, or a split squat, but or a rear foot elevated split squat. But like some super tall people, 
look really goofy doing rear foot elevated split squat because like the bench is too short, you know, like yeah. for people like me, like the, the gym is built for people like me and you, it's not built for people that are like six ten. So like, uh, certain exercise, like, you know, to me, uh, reverse lunge and a rear foot elevated split squat are cousins. It's basically yeah. the same shit, you know, exactly. uh, but some basketball players do much better with one over the other, for example, or some people that struggle with balance in a rear foot elevated split squat can do a reverse lunge, uh, or vice versa. Yeah. You know, uh, things like that. So like some people do, uh, have no shoulder pain whatsoever with overhead press with the bar or dumbbells. I'm one of those people. I actually love the overhead press. It gets like shit on a lot as being bad for your shoulders. But I think if it doesn't give you problems, it's a great exercise. And I think I've that never had any issue with overhead press. I'm a huge fan. A lot of value in the overhead press. And yeah. also to be honest, one thing that I'm different than a lot of trainers in some way, I think most guys prioritize chest and then hit like shoulders as an afterthought. But yeah. I've always, for the physique, most people that I train want and like that I want and stuff, we do shoulders and then chest as an afterthought. I've never wanted to be a guy with a big, thick chest. I like being thin, but having like muscle on my shoulders. So we do a, a fuckload of, of overhead press. We do mm -hmm. landmine press, high incline press, you know, kind of every which way, but like, Again, if somebody has really bad shoulder mobility or pain overhead pressing, then we don't do it. It's not, you yeah. know, and we'll do uh, incline dumbbell press and like lateral raises, you yeah. know. Um, but I'm somebody that does a bunch of overhead press, so I never really do lateral raises. Got uh, it. You know, uh, so it just depends, you know. Um, or, uh, you know, some people, I love deadlifts. I love deadlifts way more than squats, but like, some people have back pain that's exacerbated by deadlifts, so we don't deadlift. Correct. And, yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and then and you we'll like, like you like the trap bar, right? You like the trap bar deadlift. Yeah, I think the trap bar in general's uh, way more user friendly, and I and I think um, debating like the the training effect of trap bar versus barbell deadlift is just an internet thing. Like yeah, that's it's a waste like, of time. It's fake news. It's like um, <laughs> it's basically the same, you know. Uh, yeah. And obviously it's a little different. There's more uh, knee flexion in the trap bar deadlift if you do it that way, if you do it like in a squatty style, but it's basically, they're cousins again. It's like, yeah. and, uh, and so that's where, that's one thing when I stopped writing articles, I think I became like a better trainer because it used to like pervade my thoughts when I was writing articles. Like mm. I'm like, this way is like, kind of controversial but then you realize like that's just trainer talk in the sense like think about how many articles like i've written or other people have written about like single leg versus like bilateral training and then when you talk to a client if they go like i had a football player one time be like so you don't squat huh like why do we do like mostly rear foot elevated squat and i said to him it's just easier on your back and he was like Oh yeah, cool. And then like it, that was it. Like conversation over. Yep. And similarly, I've I've you know at a different point, I said to someone, uh, "Sports are mostly like one leg at a time." Oh yeah, man, that makes sense. And you realize it's all just internet circle jerk. Like yeah, clients don't care. And it you know right before I moved to LA, when I was at uh, Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning, I trained this hockey player. He was really good. And when he went away to college, uh. He went to the University of Maine, which is they're really good in, in hockey. 
and he came back and he was telling me about his program. And I said, what, what do you guys do? And he was like, oh, basically like the same kind of shit we've been doing. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I dug a little deeper and he goes, you know, like you usually do like hand clean, but like we clean from the floor. And instead of like the split squat, we usually do like front squat. Mm. And he said a couple other things like that. And I was like, yo, I can't tell you how many fights I've gotten in with trainers about like the difference <laughs> of hand cleaning, cleaning from the floor and back squat versus split squat. Meanwhile, this kid literally said like, I've been doing the same shit we did. Yeah. And all different. And, and, and you realize it's, it's only really that different to people that are like in it. And it's like the curse of being an expert because you fight about shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times a trainer will like read something in a book or they'll, they'll go to a seminar, get some continuing, uh, certificate, like continuing education certification, whatever it is, like the continuing ed and they'll, whoever, whatever it is, like they'll, they'll hear something and, uh, and they'll take it as gospel. And then they see someone on Instagram say something slightly different. Well, actually no, well the, the hip hinge there isn't as much as the hip hinge in another movement. It's like, Oh my God, shut up. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I know. And, and, I, and I've always got a little annoyed by that. I'm, I probably have the least certifications of any trainer listening to this. You know, I, I have one and, and um, I, I uh, do it's the certified functional strength coach. It's Mike Boyle certification and I do it 50% because I think it's a good one and there's practical knowledge and stuff. And no, I do it 30% for that and 70% because he was my mentor and I like to support. And uh all I, I have a certification so that I can go into certain gyms legally and that's it Yeah. because most of the info I think is pretty dumb in the certifications and it's, it's not, it's just not a real world. But, um, you know, where I struggle is I've always judged a trainer. There's so many good trainers that you know nothing about. You know, a yeah. lot of people judge a trainer off like who they train or the articles they've written or what they look like personally or things like that. And some of that stuff is actually stuff that I could probably lean into because yeah. if we want, like, you know, I, I train a lot of people that everyone knows about athletes, et cetera, like famous people. I don't think that makes me a good trainer, but I think that, uh, you know, or, uh, people that are jacked, that, that doesn't mean you're a good trainer. Half the shit I see on Instagram is the guy that's jacked doing stupid shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, but for me, there's two things. One comes from Mike Boyle. He calls it the window analogy. And he said, if I walk by the window of the gym, your clients look good doing what they're doing. And I think that's actually a pretty good way to do it. Can you teach people to do things well? And the other thing I look at is people's client retention mm -hmm. and how long they keep clients and things like that. Because I think a lot of smarty pants trainers that know the mumbo jumbo don't know how to teach or convey that. And so much yep. of what it is, is being a good teacher. You know, like if you think like I was like a pretty good student in school, but I'd be a shitty ass teacher. Cause I just like, I I'm lucky. I usually remember what I read. So like that was my trick in school is I would read and I remembered it. Uh, I can't help you with tricks on like how to take the test. I usually read the book and just did my best to remember it. That doesn't make me a good teacher. Right. Some of the best athletes I train would be horrible coaches. Cause they just do it. They just, they're naturally good at it, you know? Yep. And, uh, and so I think, People that can get other people to do it are the good, are it means you're a good trainer. You know, just being jacked and looking good on Instagram doesn't make you a good trainer. But I, I look at, do you, you know, I do take a lot of pride when I share videos. Part of it is like part of sharing uh, clients 
it is business, you know, like just saying who you train and stuff. I'm not going to lie about that. But I also like to show that, you know, you might know uh, Chelsea Handler as being a funny comedian. I don't think training her makes me a good coach, except for the fact she's actually become really, really great in the gym. And right. uh, I t- you know, that's what I take pride in, you know. Um, uh, you know, Kate Up- Upton can deadlift her body weight for a bunch of reps. Like, that's cool to me with great technique. You know, I don't think like so uh and and then again i look at client retention so it's like a lot of i think a lot of trainers that aren't where they want to be just bitch about like social media or they bitch about like this trainer that's successful uh you know and and, you know a lot of these trainers will look at like the internet trainers and be like this is so fucked up and i'm kind of like dude i'm with you it is kind of fucked up but like they're beating you at your own game and they don't give a fuck about your opinion like at the end of the day you know who they are. They don't know who you are. And, uh, so I think that a lot of times, uh, people bitch, but it's like, you probably suck at connecting with people, man. Like, (laughs) you know, like you you might know all the stuff and cause I'm a really, really simple trainer. If you look at my programs on paper, a lot of trainers could probably be like, dude, I could write that program and they'd be right. They would be right. I'm not doing anything. I, I put my own shit out there. It's so, you know, some of my friends are like, dude, you shouldn't share your stuff like that. People are going to steal it. And I'm like, that's kind of the point, man. Like, I want them to steal it. Like, my goal is to, I think I'm really passionate that people should do basic, simple strength training. I think it's really good for your life. And I want to universalize that. So I want you guys to steal it. And that said, I think that uh, I'm not really worried about people taking my job because I think that uh, I have a good way of connecting with people. And that's like way more than half the battle. Yeah. Being a good coach is, I'm not going to put percentages on it, but being able to write a, write a good program is, is relatively small compared to actually just caring about your clients, being able to speak to them, like teaching them, interacting with them. Like I I think even something as simple as I I remember I, I had a coach asking me about, you know, like they were losing a lot of clients. They were relatively new to online coaching, but they were losing a lot of clients. And I was like, do you ever ask like how their kids are doing? Do you ever yeah. ask like what's good? Like, do you ever like talk to them? Do you know what? Like, I I, I use an example of one of my clients. She had a uh, her her kids were in a play, and I was like, when she told, I was like, what are you doing this weekend? She's like, oh my my kids are in a play, and I was like, what's the play? What part are they playing? Da 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 da. Tell me about that. Send me pictures. It's like that's the type of a thing where it's just like showing that you actually care. Where sure. that's where so many coaches are like. You're just reading Tudor Bampa or trying to figure out like what the best programming strategy is, which is cool. Like it's fine. It's cool to know that, but your client doesn't care about that shit if they don't know that you care about them. Totally. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Um, listen, man, this has been amazing. I know we've already said it twice. Could you just tell everyone again where they can follow you? Cause, uh, I you like your nonsense. Do- I think they'll like your nonsense too. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, Instagram's probably the best. Cause I put like, uh, actual info into my Instagram. I, I actually, I, I really like social media. People always talk about how like toxic it is, but like, I like it. I've learned most of my training shit in the last five years from Instagram. If I'm honest, I think it's yeah. uh, you just have to be uh, judicious who you follow and who you like. Correct. Give, uh, and I think a good rule for that is like, uh, simple wins. Uh, so stuff that looks complicated, you should probably keep scrolling. Yep. And, um, so that's Ben Bruno training. And on Twitter, you don't really have to follow my Twitter, but it's Ben Bruno one. Everyone, <laughs> I, just, I, I, there I'll like think of jokes and I, I, I just laugh to myself. That's all I do. <laughs> but, 
Well, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Well, I appreciate you, man. I, I really do think I, I, uh, I really like the way that you, uh, frame what you're trying to say. I think you do a really good job reaching people in a, in a simple way and it's great. So keep it up. Thank you, man. That wraps it up for this episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And Ben, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. And if you'd like to join the Inner Circle, you can do that at the link in the show notes or www.sfinnercircle.com.